Episode 4, Looking for Alang. After spending an extra day in Santander with the beautiful Violette, Camino Man strikes out on his own, hoping to catch up to his other friends, especially Alang. Day 17, Santander to Recayada, 35 kilometres. In the morning, I had breakfast with Violette at our hotel, packed my bag, said goodbye, said goodbye again, and started walking. We had agreed that I would visit her after the Camino, but I already missed her. I didn't feel much like walking that day, but I put my head down and got into it. It was just that things seemed to be against me. I missed the ferry to Santander and had to wait for the next one due 45 minutes later. Then I was following the arrows through Santander that were concrete tiles in the pavement when one pointed me back to where I had just come from. I looked at an old man who waved me on in the direction I was going. He was right. After a while, I picked up other arrows and finally made my way out of the city and back into the country. I got to a town called Bu de Pielagos and I was thinking there was something important about the place. I remembered from an Instagram message that Sarah had stayed there, but I kept walking until I got to a river and then I remembered. I was supposed to get the train from Bu de Pielagos, as the bridge across the river was only for trains, not peregrinos. Well, should I? Could I? I could. No. A train was coming. I walked back to the station and waited. As it was Sunday, the next train wasn't due for another hour. An hour. I waited, caught the train and resumed walking from Mogro, the town on the other side of the river. The way now stretched out with very few of the dramatic ascents and descents from the first sections. I missed an alternate route and the way the arrows took me because it became very mundane. The final stretch into Rekayada was beside what seemed to be an endless pipeline stretched between the backs of houses and the river, the Rio Saya Beseya. I didn't feel like walking. It was warm, and twin pipelines in the backs of houses weren't my favourite things to look at. Also, I was trying to catch up to Sarah, to, to Veronica, but mainly to Alan. He had walked to Santiana del Mar, a famous medieval village, the previous day. Will I get there? No. I was over walking that day, even though I could have pushed on, and I was not coping so well with saying goodbye to Violette. Besides, I was four o'clock in the afternoon. I needed to stop. I found the bar in Recayada to check into the Albergue de Peregrinos on the other side of the road. I found a bed, showered, and went back to the bar. There was nothing else to do in this town, so I started drinking. I was having one of everything, draft and bottled beer, and I watched while a young American woman helped two young, very proper English guys who I had passed while walking beside the pipeline. The albergue had only one spare bed, and the two guys didn't know what to do. The young American woman could speak Spanish fluently and organised for a taxi to take them to another albergue. I'd been so fortunate walking with Alain, Violette and Sarah and Veronica. Sarah spoke Spanish. Alain spoke a little Spanish. Violette used her French and Google Translate and I was very grateful they all spoke English. I sat at the bar, ordered a burger and started to sober up. I had Wi-Fi and Violette sent me images of her on the beach at Somo, resting her feet and writing about her experience. I looked at my watch. I was tired. 
was time for bed. Day 18. Rakeyara Pukomies. 32 kilometres. I got going early as the smell of cigarettes wafting through the dormitory from outside woke me. There was no breakfast to have in Rakeyara. The bar didn't open until later and I didn't have any food. Or maybe I had some chocolate. I headed out through the industrial area of the town. My guidebook warned of conflicting arrows as businesses that had been bypassed by the official route tried to redirect peregrinos to their shops. I saw them and I kept going because I wanted to stop in Santayana del Mar, the medieval town that was supposed to be something from another world. It was. It was a moment in time nestled amongst this small valley and it saved me that day. There was one cafe open in the whole town where I could get a coffee and a slice of tortilla with jamón and queso. It hit the spot and gave me the energy I needed to keep going. I recognised a few people from the albergue, but I kept to myself. The town was an anomaly. Apart from the obvious signs in the modern world, the car here, flashy signage there, the bread delivery van and the tourist shops, it did feel as if you had entered a medieval town. Somewhere near here there was the UNESCO World Heritage listed Altamira Caves with Paleolithic era cave paintings. But I didn't stay. I continued. I was in search of Alan. I didn't have an idea at this stage where he was, just that he was in front of me somewhere. Now everyone knows that the way takes you past every main or the main church in town, but today it got ridiculous. As I left the grassy fields and sprawling vistas of countryside and entered the small town of Cabreses, the, the way did something different. It was obviously going past the church, a pink pastel coloured church, but the arrows pointed to the left. Why? I thought. Don't worry, follow the arrows, I said to myself. They directed me left to the front door of the church where there was a monument to pilgrims and then around the other side returning me to the road. I just walked right around the church. After walking past a large sky blue monastery next door, where you could stay if you wished, I walked further down the road through town into the countryside and walking up and down hills again. The road wound down into a village and back out onto the coast. The beach was beautiful. There was a young woman who had stopped in the picnic grounds for lunch at this particular beach. I didn't have anything for lunch, so I smiled and waved and kept going, as by now I realised that it was sometimes best to get to where you're going and then explore. On the way in Tukumiyash, I passed a young woman with a yellow pack cover and using walking sticks. Buen camino! A buon camino. We chatted a little, but I kept going, especially on the downhill slope. When I was walking with Daniel, apart from my blister problems, I also had a few knee problems, a sharp pain in the knee as it flexed walking down hills. I realised that by taking shorter, faster steps on every downhill slope, I could prevent that pain. I sort of danced down each hill, and my knees were so much better for it. I got into Comillas and began looking for the Elbeca de Peregrinos, I saw signs, but they led nowhere. I tried to find it using my guidebook, but the albergue just didn't seem to be where it was listed. Fortunately, I saw a sign to the tourist information office, stopped, and got directions to a brand new albergue on the hill. La Huela del Calmino Albergue Turistico Hostel. Apparently, the albergue de peregrinos had been closed for over 12 months. 
Thank you, guidebook. And later, when I had Wi-Fi, I checked the app that showed it was still open. Hmm. Now, the new albergue was brand new. All new white bunks with lime green curtains for the bunks and towel towels. Fresh, fluffy, white, clean towels. <laughs> it was great. There was even a little locker to store your pack under the bunk. I showered, did some hand washing and hung my clothes out to dry. It was sunny. It was a stunning day. Back inside, I bumped into the young woman I had said hello to earlier that day on the trail. We sat on the floor and talked. I'm Marlin. I'm from Norway. But that must have been a big blister. Uh, yes. Have you got bandages? Yes, I'm good. Thank you. That was my best Norwegian accent, by the way. She was nice. I could have stayed to chat more, but I went out to explore the town. Outside the Edelberge, I saw the young woman who had stopped for lunch near the beach. She was distressed. She arrived at the Edelberge to find it full. She didn't know what to do and was complaining about having walked so far that day and there was nowhere to stay. A short-haired, blonde Scandinavian woman was consoling her and giving her some advice. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know about anywhere else. She had to find somewhere else to stay. Using the map from the tourist information centre that got me to the Adelberge, I started walking and visited a house on a hill, El Capriccio, which was designed by Antonio Galbi, the world-famous architect. It was his very first commission. It was spectacular. The references to nature, the tiles, the simple artistry, the integration with the surrounding environment. There was another building on another hill to look at, the Palazzo de Sobreiano, that Gaudi helped with the general design, and the Pontifical Seminary. But I wasn't walking up that hill, so I headed back, got some supplies from the supermercado, including the six-pack of beer. There was no one to share my beer with, not even Laurie, an Australian I had met earlier. Well, the funny thing was, Laurie didn't drink beer. I don't think he was really Australian. I drank all six beers that night. I missed my walking buddies. Day 19. Comillas to La Franca, 31 kilometres. I had breakfast at the albergue, coffee and toast, and got on the road. I met a few people from the albergue, like this Chinese guy from Singapore, who I chatted with as we walked along the side of the road near the Ria de, de la Radia, and a few other people. I didn't know where the others had stayed, so there was obviously some other accommodation. I hoped the young woman from the day before was okay. There was another inland alternate route to walk, but no one mentioned it. And I didn't see it. Or did I? There was a plinth marker indicating a dirt track up a hill, but I stuck with the general flow of peregrinos along the coast. I put my head down and kept going, saying hello to a Japanese man, and using the basic Japanese I remembered from when I visited my son in Japan. I pushed on around the coast and across the river at San Vincente de la Baquera, and up a neighbouring hill to enter into the region of Asturias and cross the halfway mark of my journey to Santiago. Just to add to the confusion of which way to go, there were other markings with a red cross showing the way for the Camino Labaniego, another pilgrimage that shares the way with the Camino del Latte, but takes you further inland. Follow the yellow arrows, Steve. I was heading for a 120-bed albergue at the top of the hill in Colombres, the guidebook warned that in summer it could be full with school groups. I thought, well, it wasn't summer just yet, so I'd be good. No, it was full. 
I pushed on as the official route took me in and around some major roads. Not good. I wanted to keep going, but the skies looked grey and there was a pub, La Casa Abayo, with Abitación at La Franca in front of me. I stopped and in my simple Spanish got a room for the night for 20 euros. It was a twin room. Oh, a twin room. Which bed do I sleep in? <laughs> it's got a bath. Oh, a tiny one. Now you can't stretch out your legs, but it's a bath. That was great. I went downstairs, ordered a beer and something to eat by pointing at a picture of a local dish. A joint of meat in some tomato-based sauce served with crusty bread. I started eating. It had been slow cooked and the meat fell away from the bone. It was tasty and filling and fulfilling, but I thought to myself, hang on, what am I eating? This is no lamb shank. It's huge. Just keep eating, Steve. Don't worry, just keep eating. I chatted with a Swedish guy that night. He had walked the alternate route around the northern beaches of Santander and he confirmed that there were no markings for the route. Hmm. With a full belly, I slept well that night. Day 20, La Franca to Villa Holmes, 37 kilometres. That morning I left the key in the door as instructed and got on the road early. In Asturias, the markers indicate the direction you should turn based on where the lines and the shell converge. It makes directions a little easier. The early part of my walk this day was marred by yellow arrows on the road that had been painted over. The guidebook recommended picking up a coastal path. I missed the first opportunity due to the covered arrows, but saw a sign at Pendules for the E9 local walking trail. It would take me closer to the coast. I also managed to get a bocadillo made for me at a local supermercado. Bocadillo, por favor. Si, estación, queso, cuánto tiempo lo quieres? Fresh bread, salami and cheese. Oh, it was delicious. The bread was fresh and I got a large sandwich. I ate half as I walked and kept the rest for lunch. The local route was much nicer than the side of the road. The coastline was sparkling. And it was somewhere along here that I bumped into France again. Hello, Steve! He, he had stayed in Pandulas the previous night and told me about an intense conversation he had with a young woman about what I wasn't quite sure. He stopped for coffee in Andrin, but I continued. It was good walking day in the sun, the wind, a little rain, a little more sun and a lot more rain. Again, there were official routes and deviations. I even caught up to the young American woman who had helped those two very proper young Englishmen back in Recayada. I thanked her for what she did, shared some chocolate and kept walking. I wasn't sure where I was staying that night. Yanis? No. Keep going. Poo? No. Keep going. What? Poo? Yes, poo. Shit. Keep going. Celorio? No. There was this amazing church, the Iglesia de Nuestra Señora de los Dolores, that seemed to sit in the estuary of the Ria di Baria, and then further on a, a ruined monastery, the Monasterio de San Antolin, near a beach of the same name. I thought briefly about going for a look, but I didn't. The way returned to paved back roads and trails to Villa, Horm to Villa Hormes and the Albergue Punta Pestana. Yes, it's time to stop, have a beer and get something to eat. Enrique, the host, was nice. My last name is Iglesias. And the Albergue, you know, Enrique Iglesias? 
donated some of its proceeds to a village in Indonesia. It sounded good, and the beer was good. I sat back in the bar and sipped an imperial Irish stout. I do like a dark beer. I drank it from my chair in the bar, watched a few people walk past, like this young guy who strode past with a large backpack and walking stick, but walking in the other direction. Hmm. It was back soon enough, and with Marlin, the young woman I'd met on the way to and chatted with in Komiash. It turned out that Arno, that was the young guy's name, had been off climbing a mountain, the tallest mountain in the Picos de, de, de Europa mountain range that featured prominently every day as we walked in Asturias. And once he climbed it, he had come back looking for Marlin, who he'd met earlier. He was walking some crazy distances in a day. Well, they stopped and joined me at the bar and decided to stay in the bigger, cheaper dormitory. I had a smaller, more exclusive, only five beds at the dormitory, all to myself. Well, that afternoon and that night, we got along well. I bought them beers and then a bottle of wine with dinner. Well, why not? Alain had rubbed up for me a little. And they were great company. I had done good. And it had been another long day. Day 21. Villa Hormes to Colunga. 36 kilometres. I got on the way early. Well, that's what I did when I was on my own. But not early, early like the early risers who were getting away and out by 6am, but early enough. I didn't know what Marlin and Arno were doing, so I just forged on in the hope of catching up with Alan. I still didn't know where he was. I had no breakfast that I remember. I thought that I'd just start walking and get something at the next town. There was nothing open in Nueva, and I wasn't taking the alternate coastal route. There wasn't anything there, according to the guidebook. So the next big town where there was something open was Riba de Sella. I wanted tape for my blister repairs and prevention. So I found a pharmacia, and in my little Spanish I got something that was okay, as they spoke more English than I did Spanish. But I always asked in Spanish. It's only right. I'm in their country. But uh, I didn't feel like sitting in a cafe, so I found this little supermercado and bought some fruit and other things like, you know, dark almond chocolate. <laughs> now the town of Riva de Sella straddles and river, the, the Rio Sella, as it meets the sea. And you have to cross a bridge to continue on the way. I stopped at the bridge and looked upriver. It was dazzling in the sunshine. The blue of the water, the green of the mountains behind it. I took a photo. Then, as I turned to look downriver to the sea in the Bay of Biscay on the other side of the bridge, a familiar face walked up the steps. Alan! 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 Steve! 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 <laughs> it was Alan. He ran across the road and we embraced and laughed and laughed. We crossed back for me to meet his travelling companion at that time, Josiane from Switzerland. They had spent the previous night in some eco-friendly albergue where they had to change into clothes provided to them, as the albergue had had a problem with bedbugs. And also, they had to participate in a ceremony that required them to write on pieces of paper different wishes for the future that were collected and burned later that night as someone sang and played guitar and they danced around a tree. Uh, there was no dancing, uh, Steve. That's not like you, Alan. Well, maybe later. Anyway, we grabbed a coffee at the beach, the Playa de Santa Marina, and continued walking. Sticking to the coast, we came to La Vega, a small, sleepy village, similar to what you might find on the Australian East Coast and stopped for lunch at this little supermarket cafe. 
we bought various items and made sandwiches and ate fruit. Alan bought this rice pudding for dessert. <laughs> we got back to walking and moved from beach to seaside town and back onto muddy paths through farmland, just past the La Isla. At one time, the way was covered with a large pool of water. Alan and Josiane picked their way through it, but I decided to go right around it. I went up the embankment at the side of the path and into the neighbouring field. The grass was long and there were trampled trails through it where someone or something had walked before me. I decided to rejoin the path and I had to pick my way through the shrubs and brambles at the side of the path on top of the embankment and get through some wire fence and I tripped. I stumbled forward down the metre high embankment and hit the path face first. I felt like one of those Pacific Islanders who leap from high platforms with vines tied around their legs, you know, like bungee jumping. I think that's where the idea came from. As my head cracked the path like a whip. I think it even sounded a little bit like a whip crack. Fortunately, my head hit the soft earth and not a hard rock. I tried to get up straight away, but Josiane and Alain raced back and made me sit and take a minute. I was embarrassed and I started going through the concussion protocol. My name is Stephen Wilson. I live in Australia. I was okay. When they helped get me up and we resumed a walking, I walk in front. I was angry. Angry with myself for tripping and angry for myself for being angry. We made it to Colunga and got a room at the Hotel Las Vegas. I remember sipping a beer outside another hotel and seeing John from Canada, whom Daniel met back in Getaria, in Bilbao. He was walking with a tall, dark-haired woman from Germany. They finished their drinks and continued on. Alain, Josiane and I showered and changed, and I checked my face. There was a mark on the bridge of my nose, a scrape across my forehead, and my cap had some interesting mud stains. I had marks on my hands and arms as well. We ended up having dinner with a blonde-haired woman from Germany and Dave, a retired stockbroker from America, who were both staying at the hotel. I think it was the first time I had fabada asturiana, a traditional dish of the region made with white beans, chorizo sausage, morcilla, blood sausage, ham, pork and paprika. And that was just the first course. And as always with Alan, there was wine. Lots of wine. Day 22. Kalunga to Deva. 40 kilometres. Josiane left us the next day to catch a bus and start her journey home. Alain and I kept walking. It was quiet between us. We were going to part ways. He had decided to walk the Primitivo and I had chosen to keep going on the Del Norte and the way divided just outside Via Viciotha. We stopped for lunch at a restaurant, ordered sandwiches and Alain chose to have a big glass of draft beer like the German walkers beside us. We got them to take a photo of us me with my arm around this tall, smiling Frenchman. But it looked as if I was the taller person as Alain leaned back into my embrace as we were sitting. We talked about meeting in Santiago and life after the walk. Uh, will you visit your baby? Yes. And will you visit me in Paris, Brittany? I blinked. Visiting Alain would mean changing flights and getting to France after visiting my friends in Scotland. An old habit kicked in, and rather than simply saying, Yes, I will, I mumbled, mumbled um, something about, I'll have to see. I felt bad. The crazy Australian had disappeared. <laughs>
Alain said the beer was too much for him and he would walk slowly and in my frustration with myself I forged ahead and got lost. Alain caught up, redirected me and I paced on ahead. Dave the American walked past in the opposite direction was getting instructions from a woman and he said something but I just kept going. I kept going because I was disappointed in myself and I felt like I couldn't turn around and fix it. I got to the fork in the road at Casquita where the way branches the Del Norte continues on ahead the Primitivo veers to the left. I stamped my credential at the self-serve waymark and I kept going towards Gihon. It would have been a good spot to wait for Alain and apologise and promise to visit him. But I didn't. In my state of mind, I didn't know what I was doing or where I was going to stay that night. I kept walking up what seemed an endless hill, a steep ascent of some 400 metres. There were flyers pasted on trees for a new albergue. It looked good and about the right distance, so I decided I would stay there. I just had to get up this mountain first, which I did, finally, but still being a bit steamed, even though there was a group of people resting at the top, where I should have stopped, chatted and refuelled, I kept going. As I danced down the slope, a van approached from the opposite direction. It was the owner of the albergue where I wanted to stay. He said something in Spanish and I took the note he gave me with the telephone number and then he told me in English to call it and I kept going. Hang on, I don't have a SIM card, I can't ring the albergue. I can't get directions, why didn't I just get in the van? There was another reason to be angry with myself. The arrows took me off the road and down a path and down the mountain. I missed the turn to the albergue, but I wasn't going back up that hill and into, so, to find it. So I kept going, up and over the next hill and into the Deva campgrounds, just outside Gihon. I checked in. I was very tired. It was my longest walking day to date, some 40 kilometres. I finally had Wi-Fi. I remember talking to Violette about my day and how I was disappointed in myself. Yes, oh Steve, what will you do? I messaged Alain. Forgive me, Alan. Today I slipped into old Steve thinking. And I wasn't thinking like Camino Steve, the crazy Australian. If you would still have me, I would love to visit you in Paris, even if it means changing my flight back to Australia. I've been kicking myself about it while walking today. And today I made several other mistakes, such that I've walked to Deva. Anyway, let me know, my friend. Again, I am sorry to have reverted to old Steve thinking. I didn't talk to any people that night. No one seemed to want to talk to me. Perhaps I was giving off a bad vibe. Anyway, I was glad to get to bed after I realised how far I had walked that day. There was a strange mix of people in this albergue. It was part of a large camping ground and caravan park. And the albergue had this single tiny shower recess that you stepped down into in this tiny bathroom. I could have used the campground's enormous shower block, but I didn't. I just settled into bed for the night when the woman in the bunk above the young guy next to me got up in the middle of the night to check her iPad. Now this happened several times that night, but it was the loud boom that really woke me. That and the strange noise afterwards coming from the bathroom. I got up to investigate and there was a guy doing I, I don't know what. I asked if he was okay. He said yes. I went back to bed. Day 23, Deva to Avies. 
33 kilometres. In the morning, many people had left by the time I got up. I went to brush my teeth and found what the Big Bang was all about. That guy had obviously stumbled and fallen into the shower recess, sm smashing the shower's screen into tiny fragments that he subsequently swept into the shower recess. I visited the caravan shower block to brush my teeth and came back, got my gear together and went to reception. They weren't open yet. I couldn't leave them a note, so I started walking. Immediately outside the campgrounds, I had to choose left or right. Why the choices? I was a little tired of the choices. I went left following the Scandinavian woman I'd seen before, Kamiash. She stopped again because there was another choice. She looked at me, I looked at her, we checked our guidebooks and I said and pointed to follow the creek. She didn't seem to want to talk with me, so I pushed on ahead. It was early and there was no one around. The creek joined a river and soon enough I was at the first beach in Gihon, then walked through an archway and joining the second or main beach in the main port of Gihon. Everything was shut and young people were straggling home from a night out. The way left the beach and became an uninteresting walk along a straight road out of town. I was hungry and finally I found a cafe open where I could get a coffee and something to eat. Then it was back to the long straight walk. There were three people in front of me speaking English. A young man and woman, obviously boyfriend and girlfriend, and an older woman talking about computers, programming and Microsoft. I wasn't getting involved in that conversation. I stayed quiet and got ahead when I could. The road out of town went up a hill, Monta de Areo, around a grey industrial area. As I went up the hill, a taxi passed me and stopped. Dave the American got out. He had heard the walk was boring. He was right. So when he couldn't get a bus, he got a taxi. We walked together into Aviles, checked into the Albergue de Peregrinos, Albergue Pedro Solis, found a bed, showered, did some washing, got some supplies from the local supermercado and went out for dinner with the older woman from earlier that day and from Canada who had worked for Microsoft and Google and like Dave she had retired and with two other young attractive women whose names I don't remember. We found a cafe that offered a cheap, uninspiring Italian menu del dia in the town square. I think I had this pasta and chorizo dish. We had just finished, the, well, we would just missed the finish of the local marathon. So there were people everywhere as we wandered back to the Adelberge. Arno was there when I arrived. We chatted. He and Marlene had continued walking together from Via Hornes, and when they got to Aviles, she met someone she knew and they'd gone out to catch up. He stayed behind. Perhaps inspired by Arno and perhaps for reasons I still don't understand. I decided I wanted to make tomorrow a long day of walking and I would get up early. And as I didn't want to set an alarm, I didn't know how I would get up early, just that I would wake up early. I prepared my pack and said goodnight. I did hear from Alain. He seemed okay and shared pictures with me from his walk. He had hiked 34 kilometres to La Vega de Sariego. Oviedo would be the next day, where he might rest. Things seemed okay, but I suppose I wouldn't know for sure until I would meet him again in Santiago. Mm -hmm.